You're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Nick. This is Lucas. This is John. This is Tom. This is Tyson. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. If you need a place to drink some good coffee and read comics, Watchtower Cafe is the place for you. The cool thing about Watchtower is it's not just a coffee shop with comic books. It's a great place that lets the geek community in Utah hang out and get together. Go check them out at 1588 South State and tell them Big Shiny Robot sent you. No, no, Tom. God damn it. <clears throat> Tom, it's a... It might be a little bit lonely this time around. It's a real quiet episode this week. It's not that I, I I don't love you, Tom, but for those listening at home, it's just Tom and I are having a nice, quiet, intimate evening. His mm-hmm. wife's gone. Yep. The dogs are napping. John had something coming up. Nick's busy. Tyson's Tyson. on maternity leave. Motherfucker made a baby. He made a baby. Like it's hard. <laughs> he talks like it's hard. <laughs> I'm like, I think he. I mean, he worked for like 45 seconds. <laughs> He acts like he's been slaving for years. I mean, that seems fair. 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah, give or take. Tyson, I know you're listening to this. We could phone a friend. We could ask Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, um, this we're going to change things up a little bit. I think we're going to do a random episode, but I wanted to try something a little bit different with you, Tom. What? Um, so you and I have known each other a long time. It's been like 15 years now, right? Ooh, I think longer because I know you. This is what I want to talk about. Okay. So, uh, just because I thought this might be interesting for those at home. If you guys aren't looking for a fun heart to heart history of Tom and Lucas conversation, now it might be a good time to check out. But I, I want to talk fair. about uh, you and I and how we met since it's the two of us here and all that other fun stuff. So, Tom, to your recollection, when did you and I meet? I'll see because you were a year ahead of me in school. So it would have had to be. <clears throat> Was it my junior year in high school? I think so. Because you were, because you were like, I don't know if you were like close friends with like Glines and Landon, but you were definitely friend acquaintances at least, friends of those guys. No, I was friends with those guys. They were uh, really close with my friend uh, Nestor. With Nestor, that's right. So mm-hmm. there's the link. Um, and see, they were in a band together. Yeah, which was not bad. That was three percent. There was 3% hero, was one, which is Landon's man, which I but did not they, like. They had that us against Jason, that's what it was. Which with because, our late friend Jason, yeah. Um, so I was in like audio video club with those guys and so started becoming buddies with them. And then you and I met through that, mm-hmm. and then we played in a band together, yeah. This was the Jag TV, yeah. So yeah. back when high school, when uh, we were on the, <laughs> the television program that they did every morning. Right, yeah. It was mostly just so we could fuck around and do nothing. I mean, I did that. You guys did work, but I mostly fucked around. I started fucking around by my senior year. Um, I was supposed to go to like some tournament thing with them, like a skills competition. And I was putting in, you know, a couple hours a day in it. And the teacher of it decided that I wasn't smart enough. And so pulled me. And so I just stopped giving a shit. And I was like, well, you can't legitimately not, you can't fail me from this class. Because if you do, I can just tell them that you literally have 15 people in this class not doing anything and you're giving out A's. So your choice is to let me do that mm-hmm. or pay the consequences. <laughs> so I coasted the rest of my senior year. Nice. So, yeah, I think so. We met through that. And then. Yeah, we started a band. Yep. You, me, and. Uh... Joe. Yeah, you, me, and Joe. Joe yeah. played the drums. I did guitar. Yep. 
And then uh, your buddy Danny played the bass. Yep. And then Danny stopped, and then Jason played with us for a while, for a little bit, a short while there. Yeah, I don't remember what that even was. What was the name of that band? <sighs> Something shot, single shot, sure shot, lucky shot. Oh, I don't know. We had a bunch of good mm-hmm. names, but we played a bunch of shows. We did. We played in people's garages. We played in backyards. I got tasered a couple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Ride tasered you, didn't he? Was it Ryder Joe? I think Joe had it in his bag. No, you're right. It was Joe. Joe had a taser. <laughs> I don't know why, but he did. So he could taser you. Yeah, so I could get tasered. So then, so we had that. Yeah. And you and I did the band for a bit, and then I went off and kind of did my college thing. Yep. And we didn't. We hadn't. We didn't really speak while you were in college. I mean, we didn't talk at all. I don't think it was by choice. This wasn't. I mean, we finished high school and cell phones were still pretty uncommon because I didn't yeah. even get a BlackBerry. Like I got a BlackBerry. When I got my first quote unquote career at 20, when I started like running a store. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, those years, like we were all still on like flip phones and stuff. Yeah. And MySpace wasn't even a thing until Mm-mm. I was probably 19. Yep. So, yeah, we were in this band. Uh, we did lots of fun stuff with that for quite a while during it was mostly that summer right after high school. Yeah. And we and we went to the there was that party at Cameron Gould's house. That oh, yeah. two night party that was just insanely epic. See, I don't know if I was. <clears throat> did I you probably not go to that? I stopped in at some point. I remember showing up and then our one friend Josh, uh, him and I started doing dishes because it was just fucking gross. <laughs> well, because it was just Cameron and his sister in that house. His mom had moved to Vegas at this point, right? Yeah, and that Cameron's house was totally just this refuge for all yep. wayward sons of anything. Yeah. You just show up and be like, oh, hey, we're going to crash here for a bit. Yep. Which is funny because unrelated to you and I's friendship, um, I rented a house at 19 with Danny mm-hmm. and myself and Kevin was there for a while, star. And then oh. he left and a friend named Wes moved in for a while. But Cameron actually lived on my couch for probably five months. And so did Brandon Josie at one point. Really? Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to ask you a little bit about is this this period, the lost years of the Lucas and Tom saga. Okay. So you, because you and I were in a band mm-hmm. and then I kind of went my way. And I started, uh, that's when I met my ex-wife and kind of went through my college years right. and that stuff. And then... I think I was working at Nightfly Comics in the mall, and I don't even think you were working at the mall. I think you were doing guitar I was, lessons. I was taking guitar lessons in the basement of Cottonwood Mall, yeah. And that's when I saw you, and I think I just started up Big Shiny Robot right around not too long after that. But you didn't actually ask me to jump in until, because you came and saw me at work when I was at the GameStop in Taylorsville. You're right. It wasn't. I hadn't started it quite yet, because I would have been still 19 or 20. Yeah. So this is, because, well, I was, so my first store manager job at GameStop was right when I turned 20. Oh, really? Um, so yeah. what did you do? You lived uh, with Cameron and his so, pals. Yeah, in like West Jordan. Gotcha. Um, before that, um, Aaron Glines and Chris Palmer and I actually had an apartment in West Jordan over in the... So you know, you get off 90th South. Mm-hmm. If you don't live in Utah, I'm sorry. But <laughs> you get off 90th South and there's that frontage road that goes past like classic skating. Um, so if you go up past that, there's an apartment complex right before like I think it's a Riverton Music and a few other shops. So mm-hmm. we lived in that apartment complex for like a year and a half together in like so a three-bedroom. Did you start going to school right away? Uh, I did not. Because you I, went to school for audio engineering. I did. So I, I went to the U. I got accepted to the U right out of high school. I went for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of that year, I was supposed to go take care of Jesus. <laughs> and I decided not to, but I also decided to take some time off school. So were you thinking of going on a mission? I was, yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was uh it was one of it was like kind of the defining decision you make in your life when you finally like acknowledge who you are, right? Like when you take that step of this is who my family tells me I am. This is what everybody says I'm supposed to be. 
but you finally have to sit down and put your money where your mouth is, right? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to spend two years of my life talking about something I truly didn't care about. Yeah, and you're pretty um, young at that point to be making right. the decision to do that or not to do that. Yeah, and so I made the decision not to. Um, I had a pretty, what I thought was a serious girlfriend at the time who was a total nightmare, but... Like you do. <laughs> yeah, but I would much rather be having sex with her and playing video games than be <laughs> teaching about a god I don't think exists, right? So you you didn't you decided not to do that and then mm-hmm. to take some time off from school. Yeah, and that was Now did you know from the start that you wanted to do audio engineering? No, I started as a computer science major and a jazz performance major. So I oh, played wow. so I played jazz guitar and I was decent at it. Um it's something that would have taken me, I think, to truly minor in jazz performance, it would have taken me hundreds of hours of practice. Wow. And I love playing the guitar. I don't believe that performing jazz guitar was ever like my future. <laughs> um, and at the time, yeah. you know, compu- I still find computer science really interesting. I actually, like at work, uh, spend a lot of my, like, like we do the 20%, 80% thing, right? 80% work, 20% yourself. Like Google, yeah. Yeah, and I spend 20% honestly learning scripting in C Sharp. I really think it's interesting. But... Um, at the time, like pouring over code screens for 36 hours at a time was not. Wasn't your, your wasn't, bag. Yeah. And so I started realizing that I was miserable. Um, I did a summer semester. <clears throat> I actually rented a house downtown with some, um, some of my friends and I was going to the summer semester <clears throat> and I completely failed. Hmm. Um, literally the first time I'd ever failed with anything. And I realized that like the reason I'm failing at this is because I have no motivation to show up. I don't care. Hmm. Um, and I think it was for a couple of reasons. Now, looking back, like, I don't think the way they teach programming in college is a way that is conducive to how I learn. Mm-hmm. You know, watching somebody write pseudocode up on a whiteboard and then expect you to spit it back out and then suddenly to understand object-oriented programming and inheritance and all that stuff. Like, it just didn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't it make sense. It yeah. wasn't clicking for you. Yeah, and then they would, like, write all this shit on the board and say, okay, cool, your assignment is to modify the code I've provided you to draw a quilt. Or something, you know, and it's like, well, it doesn't, it didn't teach me anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I realized that music and audio were really what I loved. So I started looking at the University of Utah going, okay, what do you have as a digital audio program? And they didn't. They had, um, they had a theoretical program, which is basically like a master's in physics. And so you would really understand like physics, but mm. you wouldn't, I'm like, but I wouldn't be able to work in a recording studio. And they're like, well, I mean, probably. Yeah, but you're um, trying to get a job out of. Yeah. This education. Yeah. So I ended up going to Utah Valley University. It was right after they became a university from being like a, just a state college or like a two-year program thing. Mm-hmm. And that was more hands-on. I spent time um, doing recording sessions, mixing, mastering. And there was also the theoretical side. So I learned, you know, acoustics, um, how to calculate reverb time, how to deaden a room, that kind of stuff. And then that's when I started working with you guys because I was at GameStop full-time there. So yeah, let's... So, so you took, we'll come back to this part. So you took okay. a couple years off. Yeah, two years off. And so about 21. So you just kind of is, fucked around and did, just yeah, played, was a kid. Played video games, went to parties, watched 24. Got into GameStop. Yep. Became a manager at 20. Yep. And which store was it you were managing? It was I started south, running right? Provo. Yeah, so I was working in Provo, commuting from West Jordan. How long had you worked at GameStop before you became a manager? Uh, two years. Two. Wow. So you'd been working there through this mm-hmm. whole period. Yeah, off and on. So I was like part-time. And so like when they would not give me a ton of hours, I was doing like teaching guitar. Um, I did landscape lighting for two seasons. 
Um, <laughs> that just, sounds like a very unique job. It was fun. I put up Christmas lights basically in the snow. That sounds like fun though. But paid the bills and they paid me way more than um, GameStop did. And actually, I taught for a guitar studio for a while. And what it came down to was uh, when GameStop finally offered me a store, it was, you know, make, at the t- this seems really silly now, but at the time it was make, I think they offered me, they offered me 24000 a year. It was twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, but it at 18, 20, 19, yeah, 20. I was like, this is a million dollars, right? I must as well be a millionaire. <laughs> so yeah, so I left guitar and that's when I officially sold out to the man, right? Like when I stepped into like the corporate world. So I was in Provo. I was in Provo for a year, uh, moved to Orem. Slowly back up north. Yep. And then from Orem, I went to Taylorsville. And that's where we reconnected. Because I think you came in, I think it was around the time the before the Ghostbusters game came out, maybe? Yeah, because, well, I don't That was before that. Because you and I had talked a little bit at uh, Night Flight, because you'd been taking lessons there, so we'd catch up a little bit. Yeah, and I was and then you dis- Punisher Max. And then you disappeared for a bit, yep. at least from my life. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I think at some point I realized you were working at that GameStop, or maybe it was Aaron that told me, because Aaron started managing the GameStop in the... Yeah, he the was, Cottonwood Mall where I was. Yep, that's right. And then I was at the one in Taylorsville. And I was a I was a GameStop employee. I don't know if you knew this for all of you, like three hours. Because <laughs> Aaron is like, "Hey, dude, you want to make some bucks?" And I was like, "Oh, what am I doing?" Like, we'll get this. I think it was the Xbox 360. Launch. Oh yeah. And so I helped him, and I was an employee there for all of three hours. You know, the funniest part of that whole thing is he kept, you know, Aaron. He kept saying, yeah. "All right, these." the Red Bull girls are going to show up and they're going to give out Red Bulls. Like, nobody be creepy or weird. These girls are going to show up. Be right. nice. And so we're all, like, okay, sure, whatever, dude. These two girls show up and they've got a little bag, like I've got here, just this little tiny satchel yep. with maybe four fucking Red Bulls. <laughs> they hand one to me because I had a GameStop shirt on. They hand one to the other guy behind the counter. They handed one to Aaron and then they walked the fuck out. <laughs> Like this is their not, sponsorship. Like we are not hanging out in this fucking room. Nope, they didn't. There's a whole line of people, and not a single one of those fuckers got a Red Bull. I did. <laughs> and so right around then, I think he'd mentioned that you were working, and I thought, well, shit, that's closer to me. And I would, I haven't talked to Tom in forever, so yeah. I think that's where I did catch up with you. Was there? Yeah, and that's I think that's when we reconnected because then at that time you'd been doing BSR for a little while. Yeah, I think so. Because I I'm not a. I talked OG. to you pretty early. I talked to you pretty early on, I thought. But it had been at least a year, I think. Because like, because I think when things started moving, and I could be misremembering BSR history, but I believe there was that leaked Batman trailer. Yeah, yeah. And that, and you guys got the cease and desist, or we got the cease and desist, right? And that's when the traffic spiked. Yeah, when, were you and around was, for that? I was post that. See, that was way early on okay. when that happened. We did that. Shit, that was within the first couple of months. That's the only reason okay. I think that the site started turning into anything because yeah. we both were like, well, shit, there's a lot of people looking at this. So that's when I started reaching out to my friends like, hey, Tom, yeah. you like video games? You want to write about video games or yep. talk about them? And that's and that's when we started doing that because I was writing three to four reviews a week at that point because I mm-hmm. could check out games. Yep. Oh, and you had the time probably more so back then to Definitely. just blow on a game. Yep. Just play like five hours of the worst Tony Hawk game ever or WWE... 2011 oh, or whatever it was. you played some bad ones yeah. so around that time um had you talked to tyson because tyson and i've known each other since we were 13 and no. he was in the same circles but had you talked to tyson at all i had i had run in so i had actually danny vasquez and i had been going to the gym together mm. and so we had been running into tyson at the same gym and i remember that because tyson in high school was this super skinny dance company guy right mm-hmm. and we run to this dude at the gym and he's a fucking beefcake. <laughs> yeah. Like suddenly Tyson has like 40 inch shoulders. He has biceps. And we were like, what the 
fuck happened to you, I'm man? I'm pretty sure he took steroids. Probably. Tyson, could you let us know if you took steroids? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, let's do his little Twitter survey. At, at Thomas Winkley or at Dam... Are you still on Twitter? Yeah, I don't use it, but you're no. welcome to hit me up. Let us know. Do you think Tyson did steroids? Let's find out. I'm putting a poll up after the show, of course. <laughs> um, but he was huge. Like, yeah, he yeah. was... He was, there was two of Tyson that I knew. His beefcake. Um, and uh, Casper was going with us too because Casper still lived in West Jordan at the time. Oh, right, right. So it was me, Danny, and Casper going and we started running into Tyson. But we had never like, like I had honestly never hung out with Tyson or done anything socially with him until Big Shiny Robot. That's when he and I became friends. Gotcha. So and it, so we did that. We did yep. the writing stuff for a while and you yep. got really ambitious with that. I mean, we all did. Yeah. I mean, that was, at one point, that was my dream was to turn it into, you know, an IGN, right? Yeah. Really push us to that point. Yeah, back before, because uh, blog sites, at least like ours, weren't really a thing. There were some, but not. Right. And we were pulling quite a consider- a good amount of traffic before you started getting into like Google algorithms, Facebook algorithms. Like a lot of that wasn't happening at the time. So anybody had a really, and I'm saying you still don't have a good shot, but yeah, yeah. you had a much better shot at that time. Yeah, totally. Now, I mean, most people get their news, political or otherwise, through a social media feed. Yeah. You don't go to a site and check it every day. Like, I think my Twitter account probably gets more interactions than articles I wrote before I stopped writing. Yeah. No, I believe it. So, so we were pretty invested in that. We were doing the writing stuff yep. for quite a bit. And then I think it was both you and Tyson. I think it was your passion for audio engineering yep. and then Tyson's passion for being a vocal, yeah. like a spokesperson and having a, an audience of sorts. He came to me and said, hey, what if we did a podcast? And I was like, that sounds fucking dumb, but. <laughs> Whatever. No, I remember you guys being yeah, like, yeah. let's do this. And I'm like, that sounds, why would people want to listen to me talk? And I still feel this way. And we yeah. have hundreds of listeners. I'm sorry out there. But uh, so I said, let's give it a try. And I got I got White Girl Wasted at Tom, or Nick's house. And Nick's to that in West Valley, which is actually, I think that's only like four blocks from where I live now. Yeah, it wasn't far from here. Because it was just off 32nd and like 47th-ish. Yeah. So then, so. Uh, yeah, we recorded the first episode, and that was a lot of fun, and just kind of stuck with it from there. It's been seven years. Has it been seven years that we've been doing this? Yeah, I think it's our seventh year. I think our seven-year anniversary is in October. That sounds about right. Because I, have, I haven't been in college in like four years. So how when did you wrap up your college? Uh, let's see, I got married in 2011 and I went to Africa during, we were doing the podcast when I was in Africa. I remember that. And that was, I graduated, so it would have been spring of 2012 was, it was how, long f- did, how long did it take you? Um, with the break and everything, it took me six years, but actually once I went to UVU, I already had a bunch of credit cause I had like a bunch of AP classes and stuff behind me. So I think I was only at UVU for like two years, two and a half years. Gotcha. Um, but it would have been six years ago because I've been in my house for six years and I bought, I was buying my house my last semester of college. Like I was finishing up on my house. Right. And I moved yeah. in after that summer. So do you feel like, uh, your audio engineering degree and the path that you wanted to do for that? Has that been something like if you found success in that, was it worth the time that you took to go to school? I think it gave me these tools I needed to do what I love. Um, you know, with the podcast, you know, I feel that it gave me the understanding of audio enough to take our podcast to where I wanted it to. I found out actually right around the last year of school that I was never going to work professionally in audio in the way I thought. Like I, I, I came to the realization that I didn't have, like I have the love for it, but I'm a very much, that's enough, Joe, but I very much have the understanding that 
I need to be fairly compensated for what I do. And as I was finishing college, um, one of the things that happened is one of my professors was an A&R rep for Island Records. And what an A&R rep does is they're kind of like an account manager for bands. Okay. So he worked with like Stone Temple Pilots um, Thursday, and he would work with them to get their album produced, keep them in line on tour, things like that. And he was like, hey, man, if you want to go work at um, – if you want to go work at Island or Universal even, let me know. I'll get you an internship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. He said, yeah, you'd have to move to New York. It would be for the summer. They won't pay you. <laughs> And at that time, I was making damn near 40K a year, 44. Um, I was a sales rep at at and I was crushing it. And I was like, I can't walk away from a livable wage that's paying my bills and then some and taking us on vacations to work for free in a city that's four times more expensive than Utah. Is that Had you already started to buy your house at that point too when that um, This was six up? months before. Gotcha. And that's when I really realized like to go work as an audio engineer – you have to be young enough and unestablished enough that we you can, can disconnect from life for yeah, and that you can just walk away from everything. And I couldn't at that point. I mean, and they said that even once I finished that internship, they would probably give me a job at a studio for eight bucks an hour, nine bucks an hour, and yeah. I was making sixteen plus at this point. You just have to have a passion to just not do anything. So yeah, like you said, I, I, you'd have to be willing to just step out and not do anything, or be willing to you know live at home and make no money for a while. And I was. I was beyond that by the time I was finishing college. With no guarantee that it would lead to a career either. Right. And I think like, you know, I don't know. I'm sure all colleges, but they would bring in people that had like gone through the program and had gone on to the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And the guy they brought in, he spent a million plus in loans on a house so that he could put a studio in it and was working with these bands. But he was working, um, what was it? He was doing like seven straight days of recording and mastering. To hit the budget. And then, Shit. and he was doing that like for two months and then taking a month off. And then I got to meet the guy that did the sound for Avatar. And same thing. He's like, Yeah, we worked for six straight months on this movie and then we were off for the rest of the year. And I'm like, Like weeks? He goes, No, like months, like every day, seven days a week, 15 hours a day, six months. <laughs> and that's just not who I am. Like I love working. I love doing a good job. I like performing, but not. I don't like that. I don't want my whole life to be that, you know? Yeah, you need a good work-life balance. Yeah, and that's a lot of audio people, especially in studio production and film and games. It's their whole life. It's everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, I love sound. I love the science of sound. I love recording gear. I could talk gear with people all day. I think it's great, but I don't, it doesn't consume me that way. Mm-hmm. So so where, where along this little trail did you meet Anna? So this would have been... Because I was in school still. I was at UVU. This would have been about a year after BSR. Well, no. I, f- I feel like you were with she, her when I met you. She was, at, And she was at your wedding with me. Mm-hmm. Because I drove back from GDC literally overnight, picked her up, and went to your wedding. That's when we were very first getting back to knowing each other, you and I. Yeah, so this would have been... Because we dated... See, we were married in 2011... And we dated for four years. Did we date for four years? That would have been about right, 2007. Because that'd mean we've been together for about 11 years, which is about right. So about 2007, yeah. So probably second year at UVU is when I met her. Mm. And then I was at GameStop for about a year and a half while I was with her, left it, went to AT&T. Yeah, so about, about then. So right around the time, really, that you and I reconnected is probably right around the time that I met her. 
Then when you started going to back to school for UVU, um, I'd have been I'd have been at UVU for about a year at that point, probably. That's a lot of so. big stuff in a year or so. Yeah, it was a big transitional time. Like I feel like I was probably what twenty four, and I feel like at that point, like my whole life just kind of accelerated in this direction, <laughs> and it hasn't really stopped since then. No, that's how it goes, man. Do you feel? Do you feel like where you've landed with your career, though, that uh, you're happy with where your path has led you to thus far? Definitely. I think I've landed in a very lucky, unique spot. I don't think there's a lot of people that do what I do, at least in video games. Um, I think I'm building a really cool tool set. Um, and I work in the gaming industry in a way that I love. You know, I... I don't like like we talked about. I never. I don't. I'm not passionate enough about anything to work 50 hours or 70 hours, 80 hours a week at it. And that's what game design is. That's what building games is. You know, you go into crunch times and spend two solid months working on a project every day. And I still get to work with games. And I get to talk to all the people I think are amazing. And I work with artists and programmers. But at five o'clock, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I flew home last night and I worked a long day yesterday because of travel. But I woke up this morning, worked for four hours walked into my basement and I was off work at that point. I started working on personal stuff. So I think, I think, yeah, I am. And honestly, like the podcast is the reason I've gotten to where I am because, you know, my sales ability and account management ability got me the interview. But the thing that like got me the gig was the fact that I had been working audio for seven years in a production setting, hmm. even though it, te- I mean, I consider it professional. I consider what we do to be very professional, but it wasn't technically like a for money job, right? But I'm able to list that and say, well, I've literally produced something mm-hmm. for seven years. Yeah, consistently. And I, yeah. I think the audio work that you've done on the podcast has always been spectacular and it's only gotten better and better. I appreciate it. I tried to uh, go back and put together like a best of from our original days and those will never see the light of day. <laughs> so sorry guys, if you have them, you might want to save those because they are terrible. No, but that's um, the hope, you know, is to get better yeah. and to, to to get better your trade or your skills or what you're putting your passion to because the amount of time that we spend on this stuff, we don't make any money. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a passion thing and trying to help build community and have friends and just maybe yeah. provide some entertainment somewhere. And I think that's the best part about podcasting if we want to go on that tangent is like, you know, listening to like, I actually, I'm, I just finished the Adventure Zone today. Don't spoil it. I gotta I finish it. I won't, but something that they always say that shocks me because they're a very very popular podcast and a very popular group of guys mm-hmm. they all have full-time day jobs um and it, it never dawned on me but uh the main guy griffin was like you know i work harder on this than i do at my day job and it dawned on me like holy shit like these guys you know they're not billionaires because of their show mm-hmm. but they make an incredible show that is it's deeply moving mm-hmm. and they do it with dungeons and dragons which is spectacular um but you're right. They're all like Griffin because he works at Polygon. Yeah, he does stuff with Polygon. That's how I got hooked up with him originally. Okay. I don't like Polygon very much, but that's fair. Yeah, and that's, that's – But I like him though, and I would listen to his show on Polygon anytime. And that's why I got interested in Polygon is because he was what I found when I went there. And those guys, him and his brother, uh, cracked me up. Not, is it Justin uh, or is it – what's the other one? Justin, Griffin, and – I think both of his brothers help him. Okay. I've heard the stuff they do with PUBG is really good, and I haven't listened mm. to it. Do you play PUBG? Mm-mm. So I don't play it, but everybody else I know does. It's like a—I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like a multiplayer mm. shooter. It, it came out as a pre as, as an early access game, 
and it's one of the most prevalent shooters in the world now. It's got three and a half million players. That's crazy. It's breaking all kinds of records, but it's kind of like Hunger Games as a shooter. So you all spawn with nothing, and you're foraging for stuff, and there's a big circle that kills you, and the circle slowly shrinks until you're all forced into the middle for combat. Oh. And if you get trapped outside the circle, you're dead. Um, but I've heard they do a stream with PUBG that's just off the rails funny. Oh, I'm sure they're, they're just, funny dudes. Yeah, they're just funny guys doing their thing. So. But you make a good point. A lot of these people, it's like a passion thing. I just yeah. did the, the I Am Salt Lake podcast with um, Chris. Mm-hmm. And it's totally a passion thing for him. It was something he was telling me uh, he got into because he was going through a divorce and that helped him have a creative outlet, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think for us, it was a, for you and Tyson at least, you guys wanted this as an, a fun creative outlet that you could sharpen your tools, get yep. set for audio engineering and it, it turned into some bigger situations where we got to do like the live show and we got to be on panels at different uh, conventions that I, I know Tyson enjoyed quite yep. a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think for me, even now, it's progressed into something I never thought, but you know, I'm commentating a big Street Fighter tournament in a month and a half, which... Yeah, plug that. What's oh yeah, so Game Tyrant Expo is September 28th, 29th, 30th. It's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's at the Vivint Smart Home Arena, I think it's called now. Yeah. It used to be the, the Delta Energy Center. Solutions, the Delta Center, if you're an OG <laughs> like me and Lucas. Um, <laughs> but it's a three-day fighting game tournament. Um, it's focused on Smash Brothers. Oh, okay. So they're doing Smash 4, Melee, whatever the new one is for Switch. Not Switch. Uh, Wii, the Wii U Smash. Oh, okay. Um, but then they're doing Guilty Gear, Tekken, Street Fighter V, um, hmm. the new Marvel game. They have signups for it. Um, and if you sign up for the Marvel game, they need at least 28 people for them to run a tournament. So please sign up for it because that, at that point, Marvel will, will have only been out for a week. Oh, wow. So it's going to be hella fun. Like tons of new stuff, people figuring stuff out. There are people that figure some things out really fast, but you're going to learn a lot playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this new Marvel looks sick. I'm so excited. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, Scott, who's on Coffee Out Delete with me and I, are going to be commenting the Street Fighter stuff. Um, we also got confirmation today we will be doing um, a Street Fighter discussion panel. Sweet. Uh, which I'm pretty excited about. So 30th anniversary is of Street Fighter this year. So we're going to talk about just how we feel about it over the last 30 years, basically. Are, are they going to do many panels? They are going to have some. I haven't seen the other ones. Um, they're flying out a lot of pros for Smash Brothers. Like 17 of the top 20 Smash Brother players in the world are coming to this because of the oh, price wow. pool size. Um, so I assume they'll do a lot around that. They're going to have vendors. I haven't seen too much more details from them yet, though. That's awesome. That's so really cool. going to be fun. Yeah. And again, like it's for all three days, it's 75 bucks. That's not bad. Which, I mean... And that's if you want VIP, it's like 110, which is still cheaper than other conventions in Salt Lake have charged. So, and it's a three day fighting game tournament. Which, if I mean, imagine what you would pay to go to like a basketball game for three days of basketball tournaments. It's something like that, and there's something for everybody. You can come and go as you please. So, mm-hmm. that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope it works out. It'll be cool. So, you've gotten to do a bunch of other podcasts here and there. Yeah, like you had to entertain this deadly done for quite a while mm-hmm. with our buddy Sweaty Charles. Yep. Um, you've even helped out the through being cool guys a little bit. Yep. You weren't necessarily on it, but you talked through some of their stuff and helped them with their podcast. Yep. And honestly, I don't think without podcasting, I don't think I'd be friends with Patrick and Nick. That's that kind of brings me to your next, my next question. Then, um, what are some of the top things that you've gotten out of Big Shiny Robot or the podcast okay. that are big things like life changing things or things that you cherish now that you don't know that you would have gotten without it? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the obvious and emotional one is you guys, right? Like, I don't think that without 
without Big Shiny Robot, we wouldn't have had a reason to force us to come together every week or every couple weeks, right? Like there would have been nothing to hold us together. Not yeah. saying that we wouldn't have been friends, but I can tell you that this has forced us to be friends in a way and get to know each other di- differently than anything else, right? Especially being, you're a bit of an introvert just like myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like to see people, I like to socialize, but it's things like this that force me to come out and do things. You know, if someone's like, hey, let's play Dungeons and Dragons, I'm putting a party together. That like commits me to make a character and come play. Hey, mm-hmm. we're going to do a podcast and you're going to run the audio. That commits me to be here. And so then I'm forced to experience all the other stuff, which is incredible. And I think, you know, especially with the last three years, we've all gone through a lot of changes in our personal and professional lives. And I think that's grown us all closer together. Mm-hmm. So I think that for sure. Um, I think, you know, f- the friends I've made, I don't think I would ever be friends with the Hello Sweetie Girls without this. Because... Mm-hmm. I honest to God didn't even start listening to podcasts until eight months ago, nine months ago, a year ago. Right. Like I didn't, I did podcasts and never listened to them. So I would never have tripped across theirs. Um, so there's that, um, you know, Jocelyn Mm -hmm. is a very close friend of Anna and I, that I don't think I would ever have if it wasn't for the show. Um, and what else? I mean, my job, I think I can directly attribute to it. And I think part of that is, you know, something big shiny robot taught me is you don't get something unless you ask. And, you know, I learned very early on, if I want to review a game and I don't want to pay for it, I have to email a PR person and you have to be very just confident. Like your email has to be very confident. And ask. That's enough. But be polite and learn how to. Yeah, but learn how to have that conversation with a stranger. Like, hey, I want to give you coverage on this product. Here's what I'm going to do for you. Is that something we can do together? Mm -hmm. Um, And to learn to be told no or ignored too. And be cool with it and still yeah. ask someone else for something. Yeah. And, and to be honest, you, you would, you'd be surprised how many people will answer an email. Mm-hmm. So I think, and that's part of my job now is sending emails to strangers. Right. And so I think I picked up on that. Um, I don't think that I would like Salt Lake City as much as I do if I wasn't on the show, if I wasn't doing BSR. But just from the people that you've met and the activities you've been a part of. Or? Yeah. Like I have good memories in all parts of the city, you know, and that's I think that's what makes something a home. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of friends that have moved all over the place, and it's always something I'm like, man, maybe I want to be that person. But then when I go downtown, I'm like, oh, that's where we went to SLC Nerd, and we had the booth, and we had the little Street Fighter tournament, and I met Scott, and I met Gustavo, and that was like my first really foray into like fighting game type stuff before I started really getting into it, or looking like driving past the convention center, and be like, oh, that's where I did that thing for this convention or that convention, or mm-hmm. we went to the tattoo convention here to meet some people. And then there happened to be this weird bike convention that Tyson and I walked by and like, all these cool memories that I don't think I would have had without this type of tie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hell like, what else? I think mostly that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, uh, is this something you feel like you still want to keep doing? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't see why I would ever stop. But just uh, not as like a oh, job, yeah, but no, I'm like, just curious, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely like it's it's a part of me. Like it's something that I don't think I could ever quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could say that if for some reason podcasting was illegal and we couldn't do it anymore, like I think this is something I'm passionate about enough that I would like take this to like pirate lib radio wings. Like I would, <laughs> if we had to have like a private server that dispersed audio fees, like an RTMP server, this is something that I'd be willing to put that effort into. I don't think it's something I'd ever want to stop. I think... Again, like I think everything that we've all gained from it would be silly to stop. No, I agree with you there. But that's yeah. that's what I wanted to talk about this time. I mm. wanted to get to know Tom a little bit better for the gap that we'd had, and 
why you stick around here and put up with our lame asses. Oh man, I mean, you guys put up with my lame ass as much as I put up with your let's, <laughs> let's call it like it is. Like we are all equally lame. Um, yeah, no, that was that was kind of a fun random episode. I like that. Yeah, I didn't think it was. I, I think Chris had inspired me a little bit with him and I getting to know each other, and I thought that maybe since we had this opportunity to just talk, and maybe if the other guys are interested, I'll spend an episode. I'll talk with John, maybe one with Tyson, cool. and one with Nick, if they are interested, and talk about how we met and how we got here. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, ghost producer Rebecca, God rest her soul. You know what? Maybe we should because she's going to be in town. Uh, in a couple of weeks, maybe we yeah. set something up, and her and I get sit down and have a conversation about her death and all that other shit. And we'll yeah, I mean, even if we, purgatory. even if we didn't like a bar setting, I can get you a portable recorder. Yeah, that could be fun. Have some beers. That'd be that would be something. I don't know about the rest of our listeners, but I would be very into hearing that. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you being supportive of this because I thought, what the hell, let's give this a try. Right, it's just two of us. Let's talk. Um, do we have stuff we need to plug? I don't know where we're at here. Um, I don't know that we have anything specific. I mean, we've got our sponsors. The Bohemian are always super cool. I don't know that we have any events coming up. You've got your Geek Tyrant thing. Yeah, that's the end of September. Um, you know, if you're interested in getting into fighting games, there is a monthly tournament at Geek Tyrant. There's one coming out, or Game Tyrant, which is in North Salt Lake, uh, a week from, well, this Saturday, because this goes out on Tuesdays, right? So this Saturday, mm. um, casual play starts at noon. The actual tournament starts around 4. But there's a Facebook group you can look up. If you go to if you go to the Game Tyrant Facebook, they post it all there. Um, I don't know. You can go check out my other show, Coffee Out Delete, if you want. It's me and mm-hmm. Scott. It's pretty much fighting game. It was general video games, and we've both realized over the like the six months we've been doing it together that we both just like fighting games a whole shitload. And honestly, <laughs> it's it's to a point where we're both kind of like, like we play RPGs and fighting games, and so we might as well just talk about fighting games. And there's so much going on every weekend that there's always something to talk about. So if you want to check that out, go for it. And if you guys see Lucas in the streets, hug him because I know it'll make him uncomfortable. It would make me pretty uncomfortable, but I'd probably be cool with it. Um, oh, I guess Watchtower. Go eat, go drink coffee at Watchtower. Yeah. They're really good dudes. And some girls. cool dudes. Yeah. I haven't been down there in a while, but I should probably go there and get some coffee. So yeah, yeah, I use the term dude. It's non-gender specific. Agreed. Everybody's a dude. Mm-hmm. I call all my coworkers because I'm the only guy on my team. I call them lady bros. Lady bros. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, what's up lady bros? Term of endearment. Yeah. They're all my bros. Well, Tom, I want to wrap this up by saying I love you and I'm glad you're part of the podcast. I'm glad that we have gotten to grow our friendship because of it. I appreciate it, man. I love you as well. And I love all of our listeners. And uh, we'll see you guys in a week. Or hear you guys in a week. I don't know. You'll hear us. You'll experience us in a week. This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East, Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes. Be sure to check out our friends through being cool. Catch you guys next week.